Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California. We're here each Wednesday at this time for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. Welcome. Welcome back to Health Matters. Thanks for joining us again this here in Sonoma Valley. Anyway, it's a, a bit of a rainy day, but it's a lovely day. So thanks uh, for tuning us in. Today our guest will be um, Gloria Burgess, Dr. Burgess, who's written a book called Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside. That's, that's, and she's, um, this is a very inspiring speaker. In fact, she, and she's um, a coach and a speaker, and her life is all about a lot of inspirational things. So, and I read her book, and I'm, I, <laughs> as regular listeners know, I tend to be inspired. But this again is a deeply inspiring uh, message that she has for us. So she should be with us here in a few minutes. So while we're waiting for her to come, let we have a couple of announcements. <clears throat> the first announcement, of course, is. Again, we're hoping that some of you out there are feeling the urge to sponsor local radio, specifically this program, Health Matters, because we've been here for six and a half years now, and um, it's time again to raise this, find some sponsorship, because we are currently not sponsored, and we need to be sponsored. So I hope you'll join us. Are you liking what we're doing? The hosts of almost all our programs are unpaid volunteers. They take time and efforts to provide programs of specifically local interest. If you are hearing my voice, unless you are among our Internet listeners, you are someone who is benefiting from and enjoying our local programming. This program, Health Matters, has been a consistent source of health topic outreach and stimulating informational content for almost six years, over six years. Health Matters specifically is looking for some new and renewed sponsorship. You are invited to give either with on-air recognition or without as you choose. I further invite your comments on how we can possibly make this program more relevant to you. Please consider becoming a Health Matters program sponsor. For more information, please call 933-0808, ask for Stan, and for more details. Please uh, let us welcome you to the family of KSVY uh, sponsor providers. So that said... Also, we've got our uh, car wash this weekend, so don't, we just heard about that, and so let's remember that down at um, Sonoma Chevy, 9.30 to 2 o'clock. Donations are appreciated but not required. Also, in our announcement bag, um, I want to mention that for those of our local people who knew Niels Chu, as I did, and many much beloved, and a celebration of the life of his life will be held on, on Saturday, uh, March the 23rd at this year uh, at 2 p.m. at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. That's 16290 Arnold Drive here in Sonoma. For more information on the obituary, it's published uh, between um, on, on March the 1st and March the 5th uh, in the Index Tribune. But again, this weekend, this Saturday, I should say, between 2 and later, a celebration of the life of Niels Chu, a really local, wonderful individual. We're very sorry to see him go. 
Also, our announcement this Saturday, again, uh, repeating that uh, one of our previous guests, uh, Margot Shaw, is doing her this weekend, uh, again, her uh, Back to Health Feldenkrais Qigong workshop. This is at the Yoga Community. Uh, for more information, uh, you can call uh, 707-292-1147 or Margot Shaw, dot com. But this is a wonderful, for people who have a chronic back pain, um, this is a really wonderful thing to do for yourself, is to combine the qigong, which is breath work is what it means in, in uh, Chinese, and also the Feldenkrais teaching. This is a, creates comfort and flexibility, brings pleasure back to your uh, spine and shoulders and hips, and uh, helps with alignment and improves posture. So and Margo's an excellent teacher, and again, this is at the yoga community this Saturday, 1 to 4 p.m., and she also has another class, April the 22nd. Strike that, April the 27th. Anyway, okay, so there's that one. Now, while we're waiting for our glorious Gloria Burgess uh, guest, I'm going to read from some of her writing, as I often will do, um, to give you a sort of a taste of what it is we've got going here. So let's see, where is... Uh, most this is her writing. Most of us want to live our lives, want our lives to count for something. We want to have an impact, to make a difference in someone else's life, to leave the world a little bit better off than we found it. But how should we approach what seems to be an overwhelming task? The truth is, each moment of our lives, we create an impact, whether we are conscious conscious of it or not. One of the greatest gifts we can give to others is to be intentional about our choices and actions, for this is the imprint, the legacy we will leave behind. To be intentional about the legacy you are creating, you must ask yourself, what am I here for? What is mine alone to be and to do? What or what depends on me? Who or what depends on me? Who or what matters enough to me to say yes to, not once or twice, but day in and day out? What do I want to leave as a shining legacy for future generations? Once you decide what matters to you, understand who and what you value, and assume responsibility for someone or someone something beyond yourself, you have made a shift to live with intention. With this shift, you lay the foundation for an exceptional life, and you also ensure that your life will indeed count for something. And the next paragraph is uh, titled, Live with, a Heart, Live with a Heart of Service. Inside each of us is a glorious world waiting to be born. Our highest responsibility in 21st century citizens is to live out our own calling or purpose and provide a safe haven for others to do the same. We must be midwives, willing nurturers to help give birth to the marvelous new worlds that dwell in, within each of us. Who knows which purpose, which person will be a teacher, firefighter, or judge? Who knows which person will help address the world's hunger crisis, find a cure for AIDS or other pandemics, or serve others in the footsteps of Mother Teresa? The future depends on us. As citizens of an ever-evolving, complex global village, we must be intentional about reaching out to one another and with a heart of service. This is not a luxury. It's an imperative. And here's our guest. Welcome to Health Matters. Thanks for joining us again this day. Hello. Hello. Are you you there? Hi. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. How about you? Can you hear me? 
barely. Well, let me, see, my, let me see if I can improve on that. Does that make it better? Um, no, it's still very faint. Very faint. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. How can we improve on this? Uh, I'm going to move the mic around a little bit and see if, if change. That, is that better or not better? It's just a tad better. <laughs> just a tad better. Um, We're struggling along here. Uh, you, you're coming in fine, so I'm going to have to assume that it's kind of at my end somehow, and I'm not sure how to make it any better than I'm doing. Uh, can we work with this, or do you want to call back and try again? I can call back and try again. How about that? Okay, fine. Thank you. Yep. So while we're waiting, there should be some music. But, of course, we don't have the engineer in the back to to provide that. So we'll just have to uh, go with what we've got. Welcome to Health Matters. How is that? Hi. Um, no, it's very faint. Still, 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 uh, f- still faint. I, I can't. I'm, my voice, believe me, is not faint. So um, huh. maybe. Are you you're able to hear me okay? I'm, you're just fine. Yeah, you're just fine. I will just get closer to my phone, and we'll make it work. All right. Well, that's that's. <laughs> I guess that's what we'll have to do. Well, Gloria, um, as I just before you were able to join us, I was starting to do starting to read from "Create a Better Tomorrow, Live with Intention Today," and as I often do, I want our listeners to get a feeling for the the, the quality of what you're what the story you're telling, the the the, the message that you have. And I didn't only I only got a few paragraphs into it, but. Um, I think that uh, I have no question in my mind that you you could tell us perfectly successfully about the, the obviously the message of your book Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside. Um, but let's start a little bit with the story of Gloria Burgess because I think that uh, it's a very heartwarming story in many ways, and I think our listeners would like to know a little bit about who Gloria is. Okay, well, thanks, and thanks again for having me on your program, Ned. I really appreciate it. Let's see, a little bit about me. I currently work as uh, as a leadership consultant and coach, and uh, which is pretty surprising because I spent a good deal of my life running away from leadership. But sometimes, you know, um, your calling just uh, is so magnetic that it keeps pulling you and pulling you until you're ready to say yes. Um, So I, I was born in a very small little town in rural Mississippi. And from there, my family moved uh, from uh, from the south to Detroit, Michigan, and so I grew up partly in the south and partly uh, in uh, in the north. In the north, uh, and then I found my way out to the west coast, where I am now, uh, through my graduate studies and uh, through the the various um, opportunities that I had for work. And uh, I, I would say that I had a, a very blessed childhood in that um, my family poured uh, love into me. Uh, they supported me. They told me I could be anything that I wanted to be. Uh, and I believed that. Um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the world has other plans for you, Ned. <laughs> okay. So I was given all kinds of, um, I'm going to say, negative messages along the way. 
And thank goodness I had my parents to lean on for support. I had my community to lean on for support uh, because a lot of the messages that I was getting outside of those places, you know, said that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, uh, all kinds of, I'm just going to say, very negative, um, harsh messages that I really had to overcome. So racism, sexism, um, you name it, I, I, I climbed that wall, and I'm going to say that I climbed it and scaled it successfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that uh, my, my, um, my humble story helps other people do the same thing. Because, you know, a lot of the times, uh, you know, even if you don't have the same circumstances that I do, you're, um, uh, you're kind of on somebody else's agenda, somebody else's program for your life. And so my work now is to help people get on track with their calling uh, to fulfill their life's purpose and to uh, to really find their their gifts and their talents and to bring it uh, in uh, service to their community, in their work, and in their family and relationships. Mm-hmm. And I find your book to be a very thorough um, working of the creation of the foundation of of, of the particular what you're calling the. Uh, the sacred uh, promises, or sacred what what was the term that that's, that you're using? Um, anyway, that's correct. Sacred promises. Sacred promises. Uh-huh. But I and just just starting with Angie Arian's beginning. She's uh, I, I we don't know each other, of course. And I was an excellent person in the late '60s, and and uh, received a, many pieces of the inspirational messages that you provide in this very compact. Uh, very organized and, and well uh, well organized, I should say, presentation. And so, I just wanted to say a little bit, read a little bit of Angie's message about in the, in the forward, because again, I want our listeners to not only hear your voice, which is as beautiful as it is, but I want I want them to have a little uh, concept here. She writes uh, in the in the forward. She says, "This is as a testament to the triumph of the possibility of the human spirit's power to reign over adversity and." and being of service to current and future generations. In that one first line that she really holds very, for me, um, in a lively way, the, the, the breadth and the power of what your message is. And, and the, you know, the, the, the human spirit's power to reign over adversity, to, be, to being of service to current and future generations. And how many of us, of course, uh, absent some unique situation, how many of us think about that way? How many? How many of us actually consider that our lives conceivably could be of of sufficient merit, if you will, not to mention accomplishment, that we could actually even even imagine that our existence has some relevance to future generations? And, and so, I guess I want to say, right from our listeners' benefit, at least in my opinion, what you successfully have sold me anyway is that we can do that we can part we can pay attention and we can do with what you're calling intentional living but i want to go on and read a couple more things if you'll just bear with me sure she says she talks about again we're taking from angie's uh, uh forward to the book she says four essential themes each of which is necessary to making a better world bringing forth our signature gifts healing, transformation, and stewardship. When we pay attention to each of these themes, we will mend our souls, our relationships, our workplaces, and our communities, and therefore mend the world itself. Again, she's, she's as she's so capable of doing, is <laughs> reaching so broadly into the great big universe of existence and, and, and talking about what 
you know, what your book is, you know, showing us a way towards. So I just wanted to sort of start with that expansive perspective because one people might be thinking of coaching and say, well, I don't feel good about myself or my job. Or there's this idea that somehow that if we can just make ourselves better, well, that'll be about as good as we can do if we're even lucky enough to do that. And and as, as, she's, as she writes here, then later in the foreword, she says, We have an urgent summons to rise above the weight of our personal and cultural history, to surrender whatever story we might harbor, to claim authority over our circumstances, and by, so, by doing so, to transform our lives. So there's the challenge. I mean, this is... This is um, uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a great big piece that you've taken on here, Gloria. So anyway... It is. Yeah, it is a great big theme. And, you know, um, I, I, uh, oftentimes people are overwhelmed with this notion of, you know, taking on yourself and transforming yourself, let alone transforming other people. But, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be the kind of thing that's, uh, I'm going to say huge and written across the sky. It can begin with something very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I would like to talk about that as well. Please, absolutely. Well, that's 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 kind of what I was. I wanted to just draw this picture big enough so that our listeners had an idea where we were kind of going, you know, in a way, or where we where we might go. But also, just exactly as you say that that and actually as you begin as you write. So, talk about that. Talk about this. The beginning pieces of, of pulling together this 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 uh, theme that you offer us. Well, so one of the reasons that I write about legacy, um, Ned, is because it's had such a huge impact on my life. Okay. And when I use the word legacy, I just want to be really clear because there's a lot of, you know, particularly in our culture, we think about legacy as connected with the last part of our lives and usually connected to some kind of inheritance, financial inheritance or whatever. Right. And, uh, or constructing a story about our lives, you know, in terms of how we want to be remembered. And I'm not talking about that kind of legacy. I am talking about being on purpose, intentional, and really conscious every single day because we actually leave a legacy um, whether we're aware of it or not. And it's by our daily choices. It's by our daily actions. It's by who we decide to include or not in our circle of friends, who we talk to, who we kind of keep on the margins or kind of keep at arm's length. All of those things are part of our legacy. And most people go through life unconscious about that. And so my work is really about helping people to wake up to what they're already doing, and to leave a life-giving, life-affirming legacy rather than one that's toxic and, you know, uh, that will do harm to people. Okay. Um, And so uh, I actually didn't have this word uh, for my work until about maybe 15 years ago. I was doing a talk in um, Australia, of all places, and a gentleman came up to me afterwards and he said, Gloria, you know, what you are talking about, what I now call the sacred promises, you know, gratitude and faith and love and vision, all of those things. He said, what you are talking about is what my people, the Maori, <laughs> have been living for the last 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. And he said, are you from this area of the world? And I said, not, you know, not to my knowledge. I believe that my ancestry is, you know, in a totally different part of the globe. But um, he said, what you're talking about is legacy. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, 
you know, it never occurred to me to think about my work in that way. And he said, that's exactly, you know, that's what we call it here. And he said, so, you know, that's what you're talking about. And I said, if you don't mind, I would love to take that word <laughs> and really um, be conscious about applying it to my work. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear them. Uh, so he gave me that gift. Right. You know, sometimes when you're um, in the water, you're swimming in the water, you can't see uh, yourself or looking at yourself. Right. And so I have been swimming in this water uh, for all of my life, but I, again, I never really thought about the word legacy, but that's exactly um, exactly the nature of my work. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you're, you're very forthright also in your introduction, and you also say that if you want to change the world, you must first change yourself. And if you want, Absolutely. and if you want to want to mend and heal your personal relationships or transform your team or organizational uh, organization from from so so to understanding, you must uh, heal and transform yourself. So, the the right away you you it, you alert us to the fact that this is a, a primary healing path in a way. And and so absolutely, you know, I I actually teach in a transformational leadership program, and a lot of our students are, you know, it's a graduate program, and they're midlife adults, many of them uh, in their late thirties to early seventies, actually, and they all come in wanting to change the world, right? right? They want to do something with regard to social justice or peace or whatever it happens to be, but they don't get it that they have to change themselves first. Oh, darn. <laughs> and so, you know, the work of the two-year program really is about self-transformation. Uh, and when we can get ourselves um, healed, we do less harm in terms of reaching out and helping and being of service to other people. And Gloria, uh, and I need so to, I need to, I, begins within. I need to hold uh, you there because we need, so, to ta- we need to take a break. Uh, we're at the, we're at our public service break moments. I need to hold you for just a minute, if you please. And do please mm-hmm. stay with us. And you two listeners, we'll be back with you in just a minute. You're listening to Sun FM 91.3 in Sonoma. Dr. Ned Hoke today sharing the hour with Gloria Burgess, the author of Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside. Please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Your nonprofit group needs to get the message out, and we here at Sonoma Sun FM, KSBY 91.3, are committed to doing just that. Every Tuesday between 11 and 12 noon, Thursday afternoons between 3 and 4 o'clock, come on down to the studios at 164 West Napa Street, bring a script and some background music, and we'll help you put it together. Visit SonomaSunFM.com, SonomaSunFM.com for more information. The Todd Trust Team and local English language advisory committees from the Sonoma Valley Unified School District invite you to attend a community meeting regarding services at the Sonoma Valley Community Health Center on Saturday, March 23rd from 3 until 5 o'clock at Altamira Middle School, 17805 Arnold Drive. The focus will be on improving communication and enhancing delivery of services. The meeting will be bilingual and child care will be provided. For more information, you can call 318-2818. You're listening to Sun FM 91.3, KSVY Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Again, Dr. Dedho today joined by Dr. Gloria Burgess, uh, the author of a, I guess it's, this is a reprint, isn't it? It's, this, this was published originally before, wasn't it, Gloria? 
Or is this... uh, it was published in uh, a, f- a few years ago. It came out, right? And it's actually gone through several. Uh, it's in its sub- a second printing now. I see. That's that's what that's why I I got a copy. I guess was because yeah. for the for the second printing. And uh, well, uh, we were kind of just walking into kind of the the we've talked about sort of the foundation of what where you've come from and. I, before I leave the foundation of where you come from, I have to admit it, the story of your father brought tears to my eyes of of uh, the, the the meeting, the, the the grace that he with which he met uh, uh, William Faulkner, and that that whole exp- exchange was just such a sweet and lovely lovely story. And that might just be a, a fun way of talking about something of the magic of your history. Do you want to share a little of that story with our listeners? Absolutely. Um, you know, I believe that there are no accidents, Ned. Um, as I mentioned, I was born in, in uh, rural Mississippi. My father was born in the same little town of Oxford, Mississippi. And uh, he met uh, his benefactor, the person who would eventually uh, pay for his college tuition uh, and become his friend uh, in that setting. So the, the short story is that my father from the time he was a very little boy, five, six years old, dreamed of living in a house with running water. Now, this was back in the 1930s, and um, also going to school, going to college and getting a, a you know a four-year college education. And these were really, I'm going to say, awesome dreams for someone of his background at that particular time in our country's history. Uh, and no one in our family knows where he got those ideas from because it was <laughs> totally outside of the paradigm, right. outside of the right. you know way of thinking. For the, co- his, the cotton uh, picking, the cotton picking paradigm. Mom and dad and, right. Um, the elders uh, in his family. Uh, but fast forward, he's you know working as a janitor at uh, the University of Mississippi. Uh, oh. He's a young man now, 21. He's got three kids. He's married, including uh, me. You know, I'm one of those those children. Wow. And uh, he's he can work there, but he can't go to school there because it's still segregated. Uh, but at, along the way, he tells people about his dreams, uh, and uh, he meets a fellow who puts him in touch with, with William Faulkner, who uh, is the... Uh, uh, famous writer. He lived uh, just a short ways from campus in a place called Roanoke. And uh, Dr. Love uh, is the dean, one of the deans that put my dad in touch with him. And he said, you know, I think that uh, that this person can help you with your dreams. And of course, when my dad met Faulkner, they fell in love with one another. And uh, Faulkner asked where my dad wanted to go to school. He told him all Corn A&M College, and he said, you know, I, I really want to help you with your tuition. I want to pay for your room and board. I want to make sure that you and your wife have a job so you don't have to worry about pocket money, all of those things. Mm. And um, my father was able to accept his gift. Wow. And, uh, you know, he, he, he went to, to Alcorn, and um, I, I would like to say that he had the prospects of a better better life after that, but that didn't quite happen so quickly. <laughs> mm. um, he, you know, he graduated college. He um, could not find a job as an architect, mm-hmm. uh, which is what he studied for. So he ended up doing janitorial work for a number of years. And over, over time, you know, and as our country changed and the civil rights um, movement came along, uh, he was able to provide a better life for for us and for the family. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's uh, it's just it's as touching a story as there could be in terms of that kind of story, and the way you write about it is so heartfelt and also so appreciative of of the special 
opportunity that we each individually have to make a difference in, in, in others' lives, just as uh, Mr. Fal- William Faulkner had the opportunity, really, to make a difference in your life. So anyway, thank yeah, thank you for uh, telling us about that. So um, you you go into this you you go into the 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 book talking about heading into the sacred the seven sacred promises maybe you you could tell you know help us walk into that topic and kind of you know put a picture on each one of the promises so our our listeners would have an idea of kind of how by doing intentional um work and intentional uh, exercises you describe because you you lay it out with quite careful attention how people can then make these sacred promises come from being uh, really pray- almost prayers really of of sort of hopefulnesses but how they can actually be actualized in in their individual existence absolutely and you know maybe I'll use my dad's story as a way to bring life to some of the some of the things that I'm talking about Ned. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the promises, I, I call them promises for a very particular reason. And these are, are special promises that we make to ourselves and to others. Um, and so that's why they're called sacred promises. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're values, they're principles that everybody is familiar with. So the principle of gratitude or the promise of gratitude is the very first one. Uh, faith, love, vision, integrity, creative action, and then legacy. And the reason I begin with gratitude is because um, this is what I was taught as a young girl, you know, growing up in my family. It's also a cultural way of being. So, you know, in the African-American community, everything begins and ends with gratitude. And for the work that I do um, in leadership and transformational leadership, we talk about leadership as beginning and ending with appreciation. You know, you get so much more uh, out of your relationships with people um, both in the workplace and outside of the workplace, if you appreciate them. You know, this is not rocket science, right? <laughs> yeah, right. And um, I also think about gratitude as my father's way of being in the world. I mean, he was so appreciative of what he um, had uh, in his life. Uh, even though he wanted to improve his life circumstances financially, he actually thought of himself as very wealthy. Even though, you know, in the, in the way that we talk about it in the South, he was dirt poor, you know, in terms of finances, but in terms of his internal uh, values, in terms of who he was as a human being, he thought about himself as very wealthy, and he gave thanks for that, and he was always appreciative of, you know, um, uh, of who he was and the people who came into his life. And, you can... and I actually believe that that was one of the reasons that, uh, Dr. Love and uh, the students who passed on, you know, my father's story to Dr. Love and Dr. Love passing on my father's information to Faulkner, I actually believe that that was one of the foundational reasons why. Mm-hmm. Well, as you quote in your book, you also quote Cicero. So this comes from <laughs> some pretty august background. Gratitude is the grandparent and highest of all the virtues. So apparently your father knew that from within himself, from from the from the early on, shall we say? Absolutely. The other the other point I want to make about gratitude um, is this, and that is, you know, sometimes we think about um, uh, uh, our 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 children and the next generation, if you will, and how 
uh, how how hard it is for some of them to uh, come to grips with with reality and come to grips with having relationships that are meaningful relationships, particularly the kids who are kind of on the margins and who kind of fall through the cracks and maybe get into uh, you know drugs or alcohol or crime or something like that. And mm-hmm. you know I often think about this, Ned, and that is if if our children, if our young people knew their um, knew where they came from, <laughs> and the people who toiled and sacrificed and, you know, paved the way for them, I actually believe that we would have a lot less um, uh, trouble with, with, with that generation. And they would, they, would, they would have a deeper connection to themselves in terms of appreciating themselves and appreciating how hard it was for the people who came before them. So you're asking um, so you're asking you're asking us as as your listeners, you're asking us to help both for ourselves but for these for the younger people, the the people that are growing and coming along that they that they reflect and you sort of in, remind them of, of what it took to to create this life that we have really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you also and, so think, and you also say you also invite us invite us to say what am I grateful today for today then and 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 so that you also as, as you teach us in this book you 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 instruct us to address our own what whatever it is we are grateful for. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's very hard to be negative and grateful at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so the point about, you know, the, the next generation and being thankful is that uh, we often think about gratitude as just being in the present moment, but it's actually connected to the past, the present, and the future. Mm-hmm. And so uh, gratitude has a very direct relationship to time. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, when our young people know where they have come from, they know the struggles of the of the generation that produced them, or perhaps their grandparents' generation, you know, they can sit up a little bit straighter and realize that it wasn't just um, uh, a cakewalk uh, for them to be uh, in the position that they're in. Right, exactly. Okay. So then, so, go ahead. So the so another, another promise that I talk about is faith. And uh, I, I actually talk about all of these as deeply connected uh, if you think about maybe the uh, a band or an orchestra, you know, just one section, like a trumpet section, you can have wonderful music. But if you have trumpets and trombones and, you know, violins playing together, you have a, just a, such a rich, um, a rich uh, music uh, as a result of that. So all of these promises go together. Faith, I talk about as being the core of the creative process. Um, each and every one of us knows how to access faith because every time we go to sleep, you know, usually during the night, we have some expectation that we're going to wake up the next day. Mm-hmm. That's an act of faith. Um, knowing that uh, if you put your dreams out there, <laughs> that, you know, somebody will say, oh, wow, I get it. You know, I maybe have something to offer you, or I have a resource that I offer you, an idea, or maybe a, um, a, a person that I know who might be able to lend you a hand or, or something like that. So having faith, not only in your ideas, but also having faith in yourself. Uh, and I think about that as being the, the starting point of any kind of creative any kind of creative process. And you also, as, 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 in the writing I have before me, you also talk about sharing the power of faith, and, and you talk about how 
how by giving the you, the words you use, precious words, you say, I believe in you today, tomorrow, and the day after. So you, you remind us that faith in others, well, you, you call it precious words, but when having been a little boy a long time ago and being even grown up, for that matter, subsequent years, the faith that others have had in me have, have, have kept me alive is, is in many ways. And so... I'm grateful for you to remind me of that, actually, of how how really powerful that the kindness and the uh, that the, the, the genuine faith that I've built from others and, and also it enables me to have faith in myself. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's hard for some people to have faith in themselves, but mm-hmm. other people can stand in the gap for you. Right. Um, I, I sometimes tell the story of my sixth grade teacher and... Um, her, her, her belief in me at that particular time in my life meant the world to me. Yeah. Uh, even though I had people at home believing in me, you know, when you have somebody outside of your family, outside of your household who right. says, I believe in you, wow. it can be life-changing. And for me, it was. Yep. Um, my, my sixth grade teacher, um, her name is, is Mary Jane Gillespie. Mm-hmm. And I remember, Ned, she, she came across me at a time when, I had, my family had moved about 10 or 12 times. Um, I was very, um, I'm going to say withdrawn, confused, lost, uh, didn't really know who I was. And, you know, I'm maybe 11 years old. And I remember not wanting to go outside with the other kids at recess. I would stay inside and just kind of put my head down and feel sorry for myself. Right? <laughs> um, and this was at a time when my family had moved from an all-black community into a community in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that basically was, you know, it didn't, I didn't have uh, friends who looked like me or spoke right. like me or dressed like me or anything. Right. And so I, I just kind of withdrew into myself. And I remember Miss Gillespie um, just uh, having faith in me. Uh, one, of, one time she came in from recess, um, you know, we had a student teacher outside with the other, with the other students, and she came in and she put this little blue book on my desk. And I looked at that little blue book of poems, and that that gesture, that small, seemingly insignificant gesture, mm. saved my life. What, what? It was a book of poems by Langston Hughes, uh, one of my favorite poets. And Miss Gillespie knew that I loved to read. She knew that I loved poetry. And wow. she gave me the gift of watering my soul, really. Wow. Wow. Um, I remember seeing in that book pictures of people who looked like me, who had you know, lips like mine and cheeks like mine and the words, you know, and the poems sounded like the words that I heard at home. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Right. And, you know, years later, I reflected on that gift that I thought she thought she was giving me a book of poems. Mm -hmm. But what she really gave me was a mirror to look into so that I could see myself and love myself just the way that I was. And what she really gave me was I'm going to say without saying any words at all, she gave me the four most important words that anybody can say to a kid. And she said, I believe in you. And if that's not faith, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> right. And that that yeah. faith carried me for so many years mm-hmm. uh, because it was very difficult to find myself in that new environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually I did. Mm-hmm. Eventually I did. And you went undergraduate from the University of Michigan. I did. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So it must it must have stuck, you know. Yeah. Must have stuck. Yeah. It must have stuck. Well, then so you the next, go ahead. The, the next promise that I talk about is love, and um, uh, I also talk about vision, and both are both are critical. Love is about having love for yourself, 
uh, of course, um, because without that, we really are not capable of fully loving other people. Uh, we do more harm by getting into relationships um, without that first piece, uh, and we wonder why we end up in toxic relationships or bad relationships or, you know, relationships that just um, are, not, are not healthy for us. Uh, and so self-love is the key uh, to loving others. And then I talk about what I call divine love, which is having a relationship with a power that is greater than you, that's bigger than you, and that's outside of yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Gloria, I need to hold it right there. We've got another public service moment that we need to address. So please stay okay. with us. You're listening to Sun FM 91.3. Dr. Ned Hoke today spending the hour with Gloria Burgess. Dare to wear your soul on the outside. Live your legacy now. So please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Support the Sonoma Valley High School baseball program by participating in a home run derby at Arnold Field on Saturday, March 30th from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. No experience necessary. Everyone is welcome. There will be prizes, raffles, barbecues, music, and good old Sonoma baseball fun. Home run distances will be age appropriate. Come have fun and support Sonoma baseball. See you at the yard. For more information, email Derby at comcast.net. Silver Moon Theater is having a garage sale April 6th and 7th to benefit our 2013 productions. We are requesting donations of saleable goods. Silver Moon Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit and donations are tax deductible. To schedule a pickup or drop off, call Hugh at 343-7071 or email anne at bomb.com. Listen to Sun FM 91.3, KSBY Sonoma. And welcome back to Health Matters. Dr. Ned Hope today, joined by Dr. Gloria Burgess, the author of Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside, Live Your Legacy Now. Gloria, give our listeners, in case uh, they want to get more information uh, about the book and about you, give us, give us your website, if you would. Sure. It's my name. It's Gloria mm-hmm. Burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're interested, uh, there are free resources on my website that go along with Dare to Wear Your Soul on the Outside. Wonderful. I know some people like to start little uh, chat groups or circles, Uh book circles, Mm -hmm. and there are free resources to help you do that on my website. Well, and the book is is so incredibly well-structured toward an educative process, and so I would think it would make a perfect uh, uh, communal uh, project for people to to join in together. In fact, as I'm a oriental medical doctor, and I've, I'm, I'm constantly sort of trying to think of ways I can a- invite my uh, clients into situations where they are working with others to to build themselves, to help themselves restore both in spirit as well as body. And um, we have so few resources for that. And so a, a book like yours is such a joy to me because it. It is so well structured that it 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 it, it, it provides a very useful uh, matrix for a healing journey. Really, yes. Thank you, yeah. and thank you for making that connection. Because you know, when I um, I talk about integrity, so I'm just going to skip over yeah. vision for just a minute. But I talk Great. about integrity, and integrity and health 
are, I actually think about them as one and the same thing. Um, many people think about integrity as only, you know, connected to honesty and mm-hmm. being congruent, but integrity comes from the same root word as integer, which means whole, and whole and healing go together. And so I think about integrity as being the health and wellness for the individual as well as for the community. And so integrity really is, I mean, we could spend just a whole show talking about integrity and health mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and how they go together. And I, 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 get, I want to sort of mention to our listeners that, that one of the joys also of your, as I read your book, the, the sense I have of your language is that, is of integrity, basically. The, <laughs> it also reminds me, it sort of takes me away for a second, but uh, it, the language, is, as I read what you write, I read that you, your word, you speak a lot about intentional living and, and having intention and creating your legacy, and your legacy arises from your intention. And, and I, I, as I read your words, your words are so bright to me because they, they mean something. Your, your words are intentional. And so part of the joy of reading you is that your words are so alive with intention. So I, I just want to sort of thank you that. Thank you for that. And also mention that the word integrity kind of jumps out at me in that way because you're, I mean, I read a lot of books and I do this for this program every week. When, not always a book, but often a book. And of the books that I read, yours, by the way you use their language, has a, 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 a brighter shine of integrity of language than I'm used to reading. So we say, so thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. And, and thank you for saying that. Um, I, I, as you know, make my living with words, and I love them. Right, yeah, you're obviously, <laughs> and, you're hooked. <laughs> uh, so making words matter uh, is very important to me. Thank right. you. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. So anyway, back to vision. We were going to talk a little bit about vision. Yes, and so vision really is about uh, the blessing of seeing the bigger picture. So, you know, knowing that it's not just about you mm-hmm. uh, and knowing that, there, you know, there are other people in the universe. <laughs> right. And then seeing how you fit within that bigger picture. Uh, and, and vision, I think, sometimes get confu- gets confused, Ned, because people think, well, you know, if I have a vision for myself, it has to be crystal clear, and I have to know every detail and, and all of that. No, that's not it. What you need clarity about is your current reality. That's a part of vision, because mm-hmm. we can't, we don't have the, we can't produce the fuel, if you will, the rocket fuel to move us from where we are to wherever we want to be unless we have that clarity. And then Wherever you want to go, your future vision does not have to be crystal clear. You just have to know that you want to get there. Mm -hmm. And not just want to get there. You want to get there with a burning desire. And have the faith to know that when you put one foot in front of the other, someone or something will come along to help you put the next step in place. And then the next step. And then the next step. I used to live in Southern California. And uh, we used to get a condition there called Thule Fog, Thule Fog, T-U-L-E, Thule Fog. And Thule Fog is probably some of the the thickest fog on the planet, and it comes out of nowhere. And so, you know, you could be driving through uh, Los Angeles or through the desert, and all of a sudden this, this ground fog would just come over you. Uh, you couldn't see maybe more than a foot and a half or two feet in front of you. And so it was dangerous to go forward, and it was certainly dangerous to stop, right? And so vision 
sometimes is like Thule fog. You have to know where you are with clarity. You have to know that you're on the road, right? But you don't have to know every single step in front of you. You just have to move with faith and love and commitment uh, and, and just have the faith that you will be equipped as you move forward. And I think that that's the empowerment step that you that so much of your book seems to provide in terms of the structure of the book as well as the direct uh, incantations almost that that you you provide the 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 su- sort of supporting structure of thought and 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 words and language and and format so that for those of us who are a little weak on the edges in terms of our possibly integrity and possibly our vision by reading the, the and the way you lay out the the steps that you create in this book this it's, it's almost like a workbook really you could you can then work on it and you you encourage people to really take a lot of time with this as as much as of course as they choose to but as but you say you know read something get that inspiration go off and look at it uh, and then come back and look at it again i mean you you don't have to rush through this you've got your this is your life you know so you can actually you can so you, so you can you can use this. so this book the nice thing about this book too is is that it has a sounds like i'm selling it because i but i'm not really i'm not trying to do that but i'm saying the nice thing about it is that is that it it can be a li- a long-term companion i guess is what i'm trying to say Absolutely. And, you know, it is not, uh, I love your phrase, this is your life. <laughs> right. And, and, and what we're talking about today, you know, uh, Ned, it, it's really life's work. People think that they can just, you know, make the decision and transform themselves overnight. No, you can't. Uh, it's called transformation for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, change is simple. Transformation takes work, and it takes time. And just know that it's a process and to be gentle with yourself along the way. The work that I um, have put into this book is really my heart work, my life's work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're absolutely right, Ned. It is structured in a way where if you make the commitment to go through each and every phase of the book, it's like a workbook. I'm, I'm, I try to be a companion to you along the journey. There are exercises in it, there are uh, reflections in it, there are affirmations in it to help you along the journey. Um, if, if, if this was not in book form, it would probably be a, a, a workshop or you know, some sort of retreat with me uh, walking you through the, the various processes that, uh, that I talk about in the book. You know, uh, but, t- just know, but just know that it's a process and, and be gentle with yourself. I, I also think of it as as I was reading it, I, I I thought of it as one woman's answer to the Thomas, the old famous Thomas Hobbes quotation that that uh, the life of man is uh, poor, nasty, brutish, and short. I, I, <laughs> I'm sure you probably heard that line, and and I I thought yeah. this was this is one's one's woman's uh, kind of pushback on that idea, and then one the other one that came to mind was I was as perhaps you remember the story of Martin Luther King is up. There at the dream speech moment, and someone leans and someone leans into Ed, to Ted Kennedy. That's how I heard the story. Somebody leads into Ted Kennedy as they heard that Martin went off his speech. In the prepared text, and the uh, the uh, woman, the the black woman on the stage there said, "Tell him about the dream, Martin. Tell him about the dream." And then and then yeah. this this guy leans into to Ted Kennedy says, "Now get ready to go to church." <laughs> And and which was a funny kind of gentle way of let you know because because as Martin did get into the dream and as I read what you write, read if I may allow, have the privilege of saying it I, I really read 
that that the that there is the, the the nature of the way you present what you present in a way it's a, it, and I don't want to say it's church because that sounds like it's narrowing the vision rather than enlarging it but it, but I really don't mean it that way I mean that in the sense of the church of the universe the church of existence it it you you write with the enthusiasm of someone who as Martin Luther did Martin Luther King did you have a dream and it's that's how I read it anyway so if you'll Forgive me that 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 choice. So, well, and I and I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I do have a dream, and that is that every person on the planet uh, fulfill their unique purpose. I believe that you know, of the seven billion people that we have on the planet, each one of us has a unique fingerprint, a unique footprint, a unique voice print, and a unique soul print. And if we don't bring our gifts forward, Guess what? Nobody else will, because you're not replicated anywhere else in the universe. And I, you know, the world needs our gifts. The world needs our light. We 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 need one another. And uh, I believe that each one of us has something unique and special to offer to the world. Uh, Ned, I just did a talk yesterday uh, for a group uh, here in my state called Humanities Washington, and I, I collect stories of generosity and kindness and gratitude. And I share those stories as a part of the speakers' um, uh, circuit that they that they um, support. And so what I do is I actually share a few of my stories, and then I invite the audience to share their stories. And it's amazing. Even though we're not talking about the same sacred promises that, you know, you and I are talking about right now, right. their stories line up around vision, <laughs> around love, around gratitude, around faith. I mean, to a person, you know, I can see the threads. And what people tell me is that, you know, Gloria, until you, until you shared that story about your sixth grade teacher, for example, or the story about your dad, it never occurred to me that I had somebody like that in my life. You know, I just didn't think about it. And now I'm thinking about, you know, not just that one person, but, you know, another person and another person. And then what I say to them is, have you thanked them? How do you thank them for making a difference in your life? And most of them say, what? No. And so what I want to, uh, to, to say to your listeners is it's important to tell your story. It's also important to thank people who have helped you with your story, because most people don't take the time to do that. I invested a lot of time and energy, and I'm going to say eventually money, into finding Miss Gillespie because I desperately wanted to thank her for being such a light in my life. And a few weeks ago, I actually found her. Wow. <laughs> She's 76 years old. She's living in Illinois. Wow. And I got to speak with her after almost 50 years. Well, this, this, is a, this, this is a beautiful story. And, Gloria, I need to depart with you here. It's a, it's a, wonderful, wow. it's a wonderful place to, to say so thank you to us, for, from us to you. Thank you for taking your time to share your the blessings of your story, and uh, and I thank you again for writing this very very lovely book. Again, the name of the book: Dare to be, Dare to wear your soul on the outside, live your legacy now. Gloria, thank you so much for joining us today on Health Matters. Thank you, Ned. My pleasure. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Well, there it is. Another uh, hour on Health Matters. Um, if you. Um, 
you cannot pacify your spirit and let your mind be complicated with desires and worries, your disease will not be cured. To be healthy, you must avoid anger and worry. Keep your mind happy, your heart at ease, and your desires at low levels. That's the guidance of the Yellow Emperor's Classic of Internal Medicine, the basic book of Chinese medicine. Our Health Matters motto is, health care isn't a noun, it's a verb. Tune us in again next week. Until then, I bid you well.